This is the Building Walls Podcast, episode number 63, recorded December 14th, 2021, Juicy Smollett. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. This is my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh, no, this is Oh, you switched on me. This is my wife. This is my sister. They switched on me. The best way to get something done, if you... If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Mr. President, can I ask you a quick question on Israel before you drive? No, away, you can't. So <laughs> Not unless you get in front of the car as I step on. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, a majority of Americans, and forgive me, I'm just the messenger, no longer consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. Do not come. Do not come. I'm going to come. Welcome to the Building Walls Podcast. Got another good one for you today, folks. Got my man, Chris Dayton over there. What's up, people? I'm ready to go. Chad, how's it going, brother? Ready to go. Love it. Got the attack helicopter, Mr. Producer. Attack hey. helicopter in the in the in the heartland. Yeah, the heartland. The heartland. The heartland. Middle of nowhere. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> it does. <clears throat> oh, man. So I think we got a pretty good lineup here. Pretty excited I... for some of the stuff. The wholesome story. It's going to be good. Dude. I can't wait for the rant myself. That's what I'm looking forward to. Ooh, ooh. Now, I really like I like how we're changing this up. I think we're going in a good direction, right? With the rant, Chris's corner, kind of adding in some different segments. Time to get those sponsors involved so we can cut to a commercial break, a pre-recorded commercial break. Attack helicopter. What do you think the odds are we could get a sponsor? <clears throat> uh based on the numbers we pull, you <laughs> You'd be a based, little hard based on the pressed. numbers we pull right now. Based on the numbers you pull right now, you'd be a little hard pressed right now. But Ooh. we just need to, you know, find some homegrown people who want to advertise. What about Marriott? Bonvoy. Bonvoy, the app. Plan, about... your, vaca- plan your vacation today at Marriott.com. Right. <laughs> what about JP Morgan? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, JP Morgan. That's. Uh... We'd be loving us making us some money. It'd be so you, showing. You could probably right. get uh, do you, if you know the if you know the joke. If you're in the online space, uh, raid Shadow Legends. We might be able to get that one. <laughs> raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> we could do. Yeah, let's just have a five minute segment cut of a pre recorded Raid Shadow Legends ad here. I have literally never felt so old in my life because I have no <laughs> clue what you're talking about right now. I'll explain. Well, it your boy Arnold. Your boy Arnold. <laughs> Does some Raid Shadow Legends ads. Raid Shadow Legends. I'll I'll put a link in in the chat for you to understand. So I want to ask ask you, Chris. This is totally not part of the show. Totally off topic right now. We're already off script. Talking about J (laughs) J P Morgan. What do you think about when they say too big to fail, referring to banks? Talk about that a little bit. I don't want to because I hate that phrase. Too big to fail. Like too big to fail. How do you have that in a capitalistic society? 
That's what capitalism is. If you're if you're failing, then be better, because somebody else will step in and step up. It's just stupid. Too big to fail. Right. Well, too I mean, big to fail. That's what happens when the government pushes through regulations or doesn't push in through regulations for them to be able to do certain things with the financial markets, right? right. Kind of like what happened with the 08 crisis. And for the record, I was very against the bailout of the auto industry, even though I live here in Detroit. And I know that would have affected lots of families and there probably would have been a lot of carnage. And there's a lot of people who would be very upset saying, no, you've lost your mind. You know, how dare you? How could you say that? How could you? How dare you? Know, you? How dare you? How dare you? That's a good one. We just had to, all three of us go, how dare you? <laughs> Jeez. Do but, it. You know, living in Detroit, there is a lot of people that would have been uh, very negatively affected had that happened. And uh, as sad as that is, it would create... See, the problem is everybody looks at the, the short-term carnage, if you will. <clears throat> But the long term of it is you would have a rise of leadership that gets to the forefront that actually helps people get back on their feet and makes makes things happen. I almost said make shh, shh, shh. Yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> but makes things happen. I was like being I you so, didn't say I, it and then almost so, said it by and I almost said it by telling you what I almost <laughs> said. Yeah, so. But see, here's the thing: I feel like there's there's no. I don't think it would have been as bad as people make it out to be. For example, Toys R Us, they're coming back. The automakers would have come back, maybe in a different form, or new companies would have taken their place. Companies like Tesla or uh, what's the other one? Uh, is it Rivian? Is that the name of the Rivian. other company? Yep. Truck yeah. of the Year, by the way. Uh, yeah. Motor Trend Truck <clears throat> of the Year, Rivian. Yeah. Well, yeah, so two, two these one. companies would have come back because they would have had to come back, right? That's right. literally what what you said so perfectly that's what a capitalistic society does the challenge is every time when the government steps in what happens the government becomes your daddy right who's who's your daddy and what who's does he do yeah. <laughs> every time the government steps in so we talked about this on a previous show there's nothing that the government has its hand in that it does better than the private sector. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Spend money. Yeah, they do that better than the <laughs> private sector, for sure. They, they are great at spending money that they don't have. Right. But, but there's nothing the government does better than the private sector. So as soon as the government steps in and does things like that, you take a capitalistic society and you start to erode it. Because now the government has its hand. Why do you think... The top donors in the country vote Democrat. Why is that? Know. I've always wondered. <laughs> like most most of that money comes from Democratic voters. Democrats always raise more money on average than conservative politicians because mm. they're the ones who are running the country. Democrats think that you're too dumb to make a decision for yourself. That's why they want to make all the decisions for you. Believe it or not, that's just what they do. Well, I've long said, and even on past shows, and I still stand by this, that we're in a we're in a time that it's more evident than ever of what you just said, Chad. And I think you're 100 percent correct that uh, they think we're too dumb, and they're our parents. And 
you know, they're they're telling us how it's going to be. We're going to mandate this. We're going to tell you, you should just trust us because, uh, you know, that's how. Yeah, because why wouldn't you? Why why wouldn't you? <laughs> We're your parents, and because we said so. You know, dude, did you ever grow up? Did your mom and dad ever say to you, "Do something"? And oh you go, my god! And you go, "Because I said so." Drives uh, me crazy. Whew. Well, it drove me crazy. I love using that one on Kiki. <laughs> See, I, I disagree with that one. I will say, I don't know. I, I don't like that one, D, because I said so. Oh, well, we, all, we all hate that. Yeah. So we're all in agreement. You, you, I, I, I think we both Chad and I are making fun of the fact that we hate when people say, because I said so. So gotcha. are you saying attack attack helicopter? You're on the opposite side of that, or are you oh, joining no. us? No, over no, here? no. I hate that because I said so. Give me a okay. reason, otherwise okay. I'm not doing it. Yeah, correct. Yeah. If all right. So see, yeah. we're all in accord. <laughs> <laughs> and the government wants the government literally says because I said so. And if you go along with that, what you're literally saying, you're not saying this out loud, but what you're telling yourself and the government is I'm never going to question you. I think you're smarter than I am. I don't want to have the responsibility of making a decision because if I make the wrong decision, well, then it's my responsibility. So can you just please tell me what to do? Somehow How terrible does that sound? That, it sounds, that sounds <laughs> awful, actually, just straight awful. And the, the sad reality is that there's so many people who think because the government is in leadership that they're somehow are they they are smarter than right. the general populace, and it's like no. By the way, here's the dirty little secret: nobody wants those jobs because the really smart people aren't going to. Um, they're not going <laughs> to effing do them. <laughs> twice now, twice. Wow, twice. I'm That's doing good. Attack helicopter, please give me props. I have not sworn at all in this show. Not finger snap. One, oh. Not one fucking time have I sworn. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny come on that was good right, comedy. that's it that don't say comedy. another one or it goes from pg-13 yeah. to r yeah one yeah one you get one that's it that's it that that's where we draw the line but it was a, that was well worth it right there that was so <laughs> for comedic effect you couldn't have placed one of those in a better spot in the show 100 percent. right out right out the gate bro <laughs> <laughs> So let's jump into this fun stuff about the wildness of the left, the hypocrisy of the left that we just love talking about. This one, I saw this article earlier in the week, and I'm like, I got to talk about this on the show. I can't wait. This is going to be so good. <laughs> the, dude, the hypocrisy. I can't, I can't even fathom how wild this is. So a penist individual, as J.K. Rowling stated it, according to the Daily Wire article here, the penis individual who raped a woman. Mm. Uh, well, according to the Scottish police, the penis in individual is a woman. So that's not being logged as rape in the same way. Right. Mm. Cause how does a woman rape a woman like that? Did you, and this is, and it's all on the record. Did you see the tweet? What was the tweet? So J.K. Rowling tweeted <clears throat> out, "War is peace. Oh. <clears throat> Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. The penis individual <laughs> who raped you is a woman." Come on, man. Come on. 
Yes, I mean, where are we at? Like, how? How have we gotten this far that there are people who can literally, with a straight face, go on and be like, "Yeah, you weren't really raped. There was a woman who raped you." Oh, tell that to the victim, because it sure as hell didn't feel like a woman. Right, and then they went out and had to describe all these different scenarios where a woman could rape a woman. Uh huh. And it's all this legal jargon in between everything with the Scottish police. So this is not in the U.S. This is in a different country. Because if it ain't Scottish, it's crap. (laughs) But (laughs) like, this is literally hypocrisy at its finest, right? I mean, it's the pinnacle. We have reached the official pinnacle, in my opinion, of hypocrisy. Literally saying that. You weren't raped by a, a man. We don't even know if you're truly raped because that guy's a woman. So how can we call it rape in the same fashion if he's a woman, even though he has a penis? Mm. And they're def- like the Scottish government is defending this person on it's that insane. behalf. What happened to the days of William Wallace in Scotland? And they fight. In the fields of Bannockburn. Like, what is going on? <laughs> They've gone from William Wallace, what will you do without freedom? To, you know, hey, man, that was probably uh, not really a man. <laughs> but it's like, here's okay. the thing. Is it is it forced sex? Is it forced sexual intercourse? Yes or no? Yes. Absolutely. Need we answer the question more? I don't care Appar- if you're apparently if you're Scottish, you have to. I don't care if you're male, <laughs> if you're female, if you're black, you're white, you're right. straight, you're gay, you're trans, you're whatever, you're non-binary. If you forced someone to have sexual intercourse with you, that is rape. That is the definition of rape. Also known as a penist individual. <laughs> Seriously. So then we have Let's you know. Let's take this hypocrisy and let's let's just build upon this. I didn't think that I would find so many <laughs> points to build on it? put oh. together some some topics of this, but somehow it's not hard. No pun intended. I mean, seriously, it must have been hard if it got in there. Oh no! I feel sorry, like we sorry, this... sorry that derailed. Yeah. But all I right. So but at least I didn't swear. <laughs> you know, you got your boy Jesse Smollett. Or as I've also heard him called Juicy Smollett. <laughs> I have not heard that one yet, to be Juicy honest. Juicy Smollett. You can't church it up, Walls. <laughs> Juicy Smollett. Uh, I was I was reading these articles about all these previous tweets back in 2019 when he staged this attack. You had Maxine Waters, Al Sharpton, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, AOC. <laughs> I'm looking at our notes. Our notes say Nancy Pelvis. I almost like, got what? thrown off by that one. I was literally going to say, like, you've got this list here, and how is who is Nancy Pelvis? Uh, and is she Scottish? <laughs> I can't look at this anymore without laughing. I got to change it. So you have these prominent people who I love reading some of these tweets. They're like, oh my god, whoever did this needs to be brought to justice immediately. Yeah, totally unacceptable in our society. This is a modern day lynching. We need a uh, we need justice for 
the uh, the victim or you know for the attacker. We can't believe the stark racism that that occurred, and it needs to end in this country. What? Well, so are we going to bring Juicy Smollett to justice immediately? Why aren't they? Why are they going back on their word now? What why, makes a difference why now? Why aren't they, they saying anything now? They're silent. It's like crickets. I don't get it. I, where, and where is the media? Why are they not bringing this up going, hey, in 2019, you said blah, 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 blah. And cared, care to revise that? Or what's your take? Now that yeah. the truth has come out. Yeah, why are they so mum on this topic? The mainstream media, CNN, all of them. Why isn't Fox even mention stuff like this? You literally have to go outside of the natural realms of the mainstream media, right? Got to find the Daily Wire, Breitbart News, The Hill, other outlets like that to find a lot of this information. Right. It's so crazy that your boy, Chris Wallace. Yeah, my boy. Were you? How did, when did he become my boy? Were, were you following this at all? When it was, so it was, uh, what is today? Tuesday. So it was like last Thursday, I think. The report first came out, right? That he's leaving Fox. And his comments were, he wants to go beyond politics. He wants to talk about a little bit more. Yet he says Fox, Fox News never said what he could or could not talk about. They never, you know, told him to do certain, certain things. And then he goes to CNN. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. You, Do you want to go beyond a... politics or not? <laughs> he wants to go under politics. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's in the finding out who at CNN is uh, also a sexual predator. Maybe he's doing a, you know, one of those dateline things. Yeah, start under, his own show. Undercover, undercover. Because he's going to go to CNN mm. and find out which, who, which more anchors or who is... Uh, yeah, doing things they shouldn't be doing, I guess. Probably the yeah. right way of saying it. it. It's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, tell me it's not about money with telling me it's not about money. Right. <laughs> tell me it's <laughs> tell me you love hypocrisy with hypocrisy. Tell tell me you're full of crap without telling me you're full of crap. Um, Literally, tell me you want to go beyond politics and then go to CNN. I'm going to be going head to head with Sean Hannity at uh, the nine o'clock hour. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Prime why, time do you think, why do you think he made that switch going to a network with such low viewership now? I mean, they, they have to be hoping that he's going to draw over some Fox news audience. I think they're and... going to be sorely disappointed. Sorely. Because uh, I agree. And you ask like, why would he go over? I don't know. Um, it's got to be money. Well, maybe he's got a savior complex. I mean, because clearly CNN is like a sinking ship. I mean, we all knew that he was a fraud before. Well, I don't know if he's so much <clears throat> a fraud as much as he just, you know, didn't solely hold on to all the conservative values that most of sure. the Fox anchors hold. You know, it's more of a Juan Williams. Uh, yeah. Who? Juan Williams, he's the... I don't the, know who that is. The token Democrat on uh, Fox. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch enough Fox, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He's, uh, you know, he's the guy that they bring in to bring in the Democratic viewpoint and just. But he doesn't do a very good job of it. I think Chris Wallace would do a better job of it because he's a little bit more even keeled. Uh, but um, at the end of the day, the, the question still is remaining, like, why on earth would you leave Fox to go to CNN? Especially when those ratings just came out for November, where Fox basically sense. dominated them. Unless you have a savior complex and he thinks that he can turn it around or somehow, you know, make it a, a you know a show that has some balance. But I mean, I was hearing some different reports out there saying that he always, you know, had it in with guys like Hannity and Tucker Carl Carlson. He hated him. Didn't like any of the stuff he talked talked about. So I wonder, actually, <clears throat> you know, Probably it's some still of that. fun. I wonder how much of it's COVID driven because he very much was on the side of go get vaccinated, go get, Mm. you know, do the mandates, uh, do what it takes to save the populace. And then you got shows like Tucker Carlson who constantly, you know, challenged the mandates, freedom, Hannity challenged the the mandates uh, and focused more on our freedoms and freedom of choice. Uh, And there is, I mean, dude, there's no easy answer there. There's just not, you know, to come on. Did you just pull up a Nancy pelvis? <laughs> I, I actually spent the time to make one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you throw us in the notes or something? Oh, there oh, you go. Dude. A Nancy pelvis. If I didn't love the attack <laughs> helicopter more than I do now, I don't know when I am ever going to, because that was so <laughs> fantastic. I feel like I should it's funny that. what you're saying about oh my gosh so i found this earlier on the facebooks courtesy of meta their parent company <laughs> i thought this was a great sign by a new york business i have to expand it on the page just so i can freaking read it <clears throat> so <laughs> this business you know you're talking about COVID and the mandates and stuff this business made a sign on their uh wait to be seated or whatever this says. I assume it says that because I've been to a few restaurants in my day. Yeah. Uh, it says we are a constitutionally compliant business. We're not infringing on anyone's unalienable rights. By law, we do not follow any of the governor's, mayor's, health departments, or government or other government agency orders or suggestions pertaining to social distancing or mask wearing. Your health is your responsibility. I think my favorite thing here is the first two words of the second sentence. By law, we do not follow any of the governors, mayors, health departments, or anybody else's suggestions. By the, by law. Because there's no law on this stuff. That's so great. What if every business did, did that? Or what if the businesses who followed those practices did it? That way we know what restaurants we should go eat at, right? Yeah, and I think You've... every restaurant has the opportunity to do what they want. You know, that's that's their choice. <clears throat> but just don't be surprised when they, you know, lose a lot of business. Or if maybe they have a business model that they can, you know, yeah. do those things and stay in business. Good luck. But then it comes back to, like, are they too big to fail? Are mm-hmm. we going to let the entire restaurant industry go in the tank because they complied with the uh, government's uh, request? to tell us what to do hmm? 
Is that how it's going to be? You know what's crazy, too? I just thought about this. Whoever asked the government to bail out these massive companies anyway? Probably the employees, to be honest. They couldn't. No, it was the government, right? They couldn't bail out themselves. They couldn't figure out a way. Instead, they wanted to get... uh, Well, one, I don't know how the government bails out the companies anyway, because they gave them loans that they had to pay back. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where the loans came from. It's it's interesting because (laughs) one of my understandings is that's one of the first times in the history of America that the government got in, you know, and they take take the bailout of GM. I happen to be, uh, you know, knowledgeable of this, and and they gave the the buyout to or the the bailout rather to GM, and to GM's credit, they did pay back, you know, and so the taxpayers made money. On that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, they squander it in a million other ways. But, <laughs> you know, the, the core essence of our country is that the government doesn't make money. It's not a uh, an enterprise. The only way that the government generates income is through taxation. <clears throat> That's a shared revenue model, if you will, for all the citizens. We pay taxes and then we vote on how we're going to disperse that tax money for the common good. You know, police, public education, fire, military, etc. Those things, right? Uh, and so this was one of the first instances where the government stepped in, gave out essentially a business loan, and said, hey, you're going to pay us back. We're going to bail you out, but you're going to do, you know, A, B, C, and D, and you're going to, you know, start building electric cars. You're going to do whatever, and once this turns around, you're going to pay us back and we're going to make money on it. So. I mean, it was a smart decision by the government, albeit, right? But it just, uh, when you look at this, what actually happened, just get back to it. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the how the government gave out a business loan. Because we did see, if you cir- circle back 12, 13 years now, right? There was a pretty good amount of inflation going on. Um. And what gets me is, so the government wasn't okay with people losing their jobs then. But what just happened in the past 24 months in our country? People lost their jobs and they don't even care. Dude, do you want to know one of the things that drives me the most insane about everything with this, this government? Is that they shut down everything all in the same you know, breath to be like, hey, this is for the common good, right? We need to two weeks to flatten the curve and then turn two weeks to like, flatten the curve. I know, right? That's that's the Michigan thing. Day hey, 776 two, to flatten the curve. Now. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Stay home, shut down your business, do all this stuff. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have all these mandates. And um <clears throat> so everybody lost their jobs, everybody's showing unemployment, and then this administration is acting like they're creating jobs when we're just getting back to zero. Like, dude, oh, they're like, you're so right. I, I can't even handle it. I'm like, why? Why are you, you know, is Joe Biden posting on Facebook and Twitter like the build back better? We, we've we've got more jobs than anything ever. You know, we're, we're we did more job creation than the previous five presidents combined. And I'm like, are you <clears throat> joking right now? For real, are is this a joke? Are we going to just ignore the fact that the government is the one who put everybody out of jobs? 
and then oh you let them have their jobs back and now you're acting like you did something good come on dude i mean come on chad why why do you meet people like this who are like hey yeah the uh you know this government this administration's building back better i want to punch them in the face like dude are you for real are you that dumb right i literally i i have some friends who are left-leaning i've never had anyone be like wow the biden administration is out there crushing it they're doing such good for our country right now. In fact, let me segue over to this. Uh, my wife sent this to me. She has a friend who's a Canadian. Uh, she sent this to me a few weeks ago, and it just sparked my memory here. She was talking about the lockdowns in Canada. So they, they have a lockdown going on. And her friend said to her, if you get caught, and I'm paraphrasing what she said, if you get caught visiting family, if you get caught visiting family, period, you can get fined a thousand dollars, okay? Um, and then the USA just put up a requirement for a 24-hour PCR test prior to flying into Canada, which is impossible to get. She said, uh, or for to fly from Canada and into the U.S. and it's impossible to do. You have to get this test within 24 hours because no one does PCR tests that fast, and it cost. 350 us dollars for one of those tests in canada so i'm going to stop right there because the my first thought when i read this is they talk about racism they talk about uh you know the economical and social hierarchy if something like that costs 350 dollars what are you doing you're literally saying those of you who are broke those of you who don't have $350 to blow on a test, you can't travel. But the rest of you can. The rest of you who do have money to donate to us, right? The rest of you who do have money to do these things can travel. You're literally segregating part of society by right. doing things like this, right? Have you? I haven't heard this anywhere on mainstream media. It's insane. So, and then she goes on to say, Germany's new lockdown. Lockdown. Canada has been under that exact lockdown for six months already. Uh, so part of Germ Germany's is mandatory lockdown for the unvaccinated. But if you're vaccinated, it's okay. So she said Canada has strict vaccine passports and restrictions. They've had it for two years now. She said she's considered fully vac vaccinated um starting a certain day so then she'll be allowed to go do things outside of necessities air fingers quote there uh, she said i was allowed to at i was allowed at paint last last night that's gonna be a canadian way to say to go out to a painting class uh because she paid 40 dollars for a covid test to show that she doesn't have it even though she's vaccinated come on so come on. What's crazy about all of this is I know someone who is fully vaccinated, who tested positive for COVID over a week ago and is still having pretty bad symptoms to it. I thought that wasn't possible. But how are these lockdowns so wild? Why does it matter if you're vaccinated or not if we know people who are vaccinated and test positive for COVID? And still get severe symptoms. What yeah, is the make point? a lot of sense? If you're still going to be able to get, if you get vaccinated <clears throat> and you still can pass it on, 
to other people. I mean, I think the point is, you know, so that there aren't new variants and there aren't new, um, dead, you know, at the end of the day, Chad, can we all agree that we don't want people to die needlessly? Right. Yeah. I don't think we've heard anyone come out in public and say, well, you know what? Screw it all. If you die, you die. Yeah. No one said no that. No one said that. So I just think that I agree with you. You know, the, the, the mandates <coughs> and the lockdowns, they're irrelevant and ineffective for the results of what, you know, you're going to get a vaccine. Maybe, maybe you get the vaccine. It doesn't, you know, if you get COVID, which you're going to get COVID, eventually if this is going to be transmissible, then you're not going to die. I mean, at the end of the day, we're trying to keep people from dying from it. But I don't know when we ever got into a society where we're now going to be like, okay, you're never going to get sick again. Really? Like, I don't know about that. I mean, throughout all of human history, people get sick. They get better. There's been plenty of plagues. Am I wrong? Bubonic <laughs> plague, the Black Plague, all those plagues. The plagues. But are we ready to get in some good stuff? I mean, this is all good, good stuff. I love it. Well, let's get into our next segment. This, this is where we need another uh, sponsor. Is, yeah. We need a sponsor. Maybe we need like Compassion, Compassion International sponsor our show, or the ASPCA. It's less than thirty cents a day to give to an animal in need. Actually, <laughs> you know what? You know what charity I actually do really like is uh, Tunnels to Towers. Mm. Uh, the one with the uh, where they support uh, fallen military. You know, for the spouses, they buy them a home. Or yeah. if they're disabled, yep. disabled veterans, they be able. They're able to go in and. Man, I mean that one. That's a pretty good charity. Good, what we like to call fertile soil. If you're gonna donate to something, or if it's Christmas time, you know, in the giving season, you got a little extra money, you got something on your mind. I think that's a worthwhile cause. You know, to support our veterans, support the people who fight for our freedoms, to at least allow us to even have the dialogue that we have. And uh, I think our veteran <laughs> presence is uh, grossly. Um, <clears throat> undervalued and uh i i know you and i think that same way I, i'm pretty sure attack helicopter yeah i mean you're attack helicopter you are military <clears throat> so it's good good one tunnels to towers that's awesome tunnels to towers yeah so let's get into the weekly rant here yeah i was waiting for your for your for your hype man intro for me. I'm going to do it right now you're, if you let me. Yeah, your Amway intro. Jeez. Oh, Are we ready? Oh Are we ready? Because this is what I've been <clears> waiting <throat> for, ladies and gentlemen. At the beginning of the show, I told you this was going to be my favorite part. I'm telling you it's going to be my favorite part still. I don't even know what he's going to say. I just know it's going to be good. So if you got ears to hear, tune up those ears. Listen to my man, Chad Walls, with the weekly rant. So the first thing I want to start off with, this is something that I came across recently. I've been reading on, um, and I just want you to be aware of, you know, when you look at things, there's companies like Black Rifle Coffee Com Company who advocate for uh, mi military veterans, 
pro right stuff like that. But then their CEO came out uh, blasting Rittenhouse and was can canceling all right wing conservatives for like publicly sharing stuff about their brand and different things like that. And it was it's just a really weird mix up. And it just begs the question that, you know, you always have to always ask uh, or be a little skeptical about things. As we learn years ago in our little Amway business, Dayton, <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. But <clears throat> talk about being skeptical about things. You when you break down parts of the Build Back Better agenda, but talking about hypocrisy, the whole show. Some of these things are absolutely wild. When you look at some of these official reports about what it does, one one part of it it says childcare costs are not to exceed five thousand dollars for any family. So, if I have, you know, there's two sides of the story, right? If my kid pays, if I was paying thirty thousand dollars for childcare expense because I want my kid to piss in a golden toilet. You're not going to pay me or you're not going to fill in the gap for that $25,000 a year. How, how stupid is that? Again, this is just like the law for asking for $350 for a PCR test. You're literally segregating part of the country into saying that, you know, we're only because your kid goes to childcare and the hood will now cover it because your kid pisses in a golden toilet. We're going to cover it. What? That makes zero sense. If somebody has $30,000 to pay for childcare a year, let them do it. Why would you stop that? But that's literally what this, what this proposes. Childcare costs stop at $5,000 a year. So the second point that this brings about is, well, crap, no pun intended about pissing in toilets, but, I don't want my kid taking a piss in the crappy outhouse toilet now. I want him to go to the bathroom in that golden toilet too. So what happens to child care costs? Child care costs now increase. And then because them, because they increase, the government pays more. And we go further into debt. Because if you owned a child care business and the government said they would cover anything over $5,000 you would be stupid to not charge more than $5,000. You can charge whatever you want. The government's going to pay it. As I say, you know what that reminds me of? Student loans. Back in the mm -hmm. 70s, government got into student loans, right? They said, hey, we'll back it. We need to be educated. What happened to student loan costs? Skyrocketed. Because if the government's going to pay for it, why not charge whatever you want? And then you take a closer look. This is according to the CBO report about the Build Back Better agenda. So the CBO is the Congressional Budget Office. And when they were breaking down some different parts of, of this, part of what, what they said is the Build Back Better programs extended through the 10-year window, instead of having their cost hidden with arbitrary expiration dates or uh yeah it would cost nearly three trillion more than advertised for a total price track 
price tag of $5 trillion. That's roughly three times the figure most of the media have been sharing, which three times an amount isn't, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot. You know, if I give you a dollar and you're like, I want three times that. So I give you three bucks. That's nothing. But we're talking about trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars, right? A million has six zeros. A billion has nine. A trillion has 12 zeros behind it. That's a lot of money. And it says the previous scoring from the CBO only accounted for the legislation as it was written, sunsets included, and found it would increase federal deficits by $367 billion over the next 10 years. As the table below shows, some of the programs would be costly even by congressional standards. For example, take the child allowance, which Democrats say will cost only $185 billion because it ends after one year. So that's what's factored into this, is that it ends after one year. But no one believes they won't extend it next year, and the year after, and the year after, and the year after. The CBO says the real cost over 10 years were this to happen would be not $185 billion, but $1.597 trillion. Mm. That's a big difference. Add three more zeros, or add another zero, rather. To an already big number. Democrats also peg their earned income tax credit expansion at a cost of $13 billion because it too ends after one year. CBO says the real cost is $135 billion over 10 years. 10 years obviously add another zero. Did you have something? Oh, so. Democrats phase out the child care and pre-K entitlements after 2027 with a total cost of $381 billion. CBO says the real cost over 10 years is $752 billion if made permanent. They also underestimate the cost of expanded health care subsidies at $74 billion by phasing them out in 2025 or 2026. CBO says the real cost is $220 billion. Uh, this is the real kicker for me, too. Of all this stuff, not you got the child care stuff and you have all this stuff that they say ends in one year. But we all know what hap what happens when you give somebody something right. People who are on welfare already, people who are struggling, you give them some fake money that it's like going to uh, uh, the casino. There's a reason why they give you chips and you don't play with your own cash. Because you can throw in a $25 chip because it's the same size and it looks just like a $5 chip. They want you to spend more money. So they say this is going to end after you, knowing it's going to be longer. And then this is literally, to me, one of the craziest things about it. They add in arrest uh, assault uh, deduction, which is state and local, local tax. They increase that amount. So what that says is if you live in a state or municipality with super high taxes, you can use those to deduct from your federal income tax. Now, what does that do to people who live in lower tax areas? It means you're sharing that cost across everyone because the federal government's now paying for it. Mm -hmm. It's your, prop, your problem, not mine, if you want to live in San Francisco and pay a ridiculous amount of taxes. There's a reason I don't want to move to San Francisco. There's a reason I don't want to move to California. 
The hypocrisy of the left is insanely wild. And what's crazy is all of the data backs it up. All of the facts back it up. Why is this not on mainstream media? Why is this not being talked about ad nauseum from the news outlets to let the public know what's going on? This stuff is sickening when you look into it and read about where the government's taking us. It's awful. And ran. <laughs> One ring to rule them all. <laughs> That's, That's what so I had. Right out. I had that ready to go. <clears throat> Lord Sauron, he was a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Dude, some of this stuff is mind-boggling. You know, it is. And the I'll tell you from the Democrat side what the problem is with your rant. You used facts. How dare you use real numbers? And to quote data, <laughs> that's not fair. That's crazy, right? That's that's <clears throat> Looney Tunes. <clears throat> Gotta pass the bill to see what's in it, right, Nancy? <clears throat> Dude, that's politics at its finest, right? We're gonna add this in, but it ends after a year. Yeah, they're they're doing a singular. Uh, you know, it's yeah, it makes it easier right, to continue it. So they've already been paying Americans for two years now. So now mm-hmm. that's. This this would be year three. So at what year does it not become one more year anymore? Look, they have continually made <clears throat> poor decisions from the leadership positions of this country where you're you're handing out money. So you're decentifying people. Then you decentifize people's freedom and autonomy by placing mandates on their workplace. I mean, just those two alone is creating the massive problems that we have in the economy this is not rocket science but you if you continue to go down this path you're you're in a position where this is not going to end well yeah so i mean i i know that you've done this too uh i've done some different things where i've or been in some different roles in my career where i've had to hire different people for various roles and Two of the things that I always look for when interviewing someone is someone who's willing to learn and willing to work. Yeah. You have to have those two things, right? You have to be willing to learn and willing to work. Because if you're not willing to learn, then you're you're never going to grow. Yep. Right. You're, you're never going to do more. You're not going to come into our system and be successful with it. If you're not willing to work, well, you know. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. If you're not willing yeah, to so work, what's someone going to pay you for? <laughs> yeah. So what you just said, Chris, is literally the government's decentivizing people in those two areas of life. They're decentivizing people to want to learn, and they're decentivizing people to want to work. Because if we're going to pay you, why would you go to work? And if there's right. no need to work, why is there a need to learn anything to improve if the government's just going to do it all for you? I get it, man. I get it. But I think at this point in this show, we need to talk about a wholesome story. Would you agree? <clears throat> Dude, the wholesome story is a good one. It's all I'm you. Gonna, no, I'm, gonna, it. I'm totally going to give you mad props <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, 
It's our fearless leader, Chad, who has found this wholesome story, uh, which is fantastic. And uh, so there's the anti-gun people who say that the Second Amendment is only for those older weapons that were used back in the, you know, 1700s, the 1800s, you know, back when the Constitution was written and we're, we're only going to use muskets. That's that's what the founding fathers had in mind, that they said the Second Amendment is only for those kind of weapons. Well, and then the, this, this guy's guy firing cannons. He's like, you know what? Hold, <laughs> hold my beer. I'm going to fire off. That's true. Fine. I got a dispute with my neighbor. You don't want me to use a real gun? Awesome. Got a cannon. <laughs> Eight days. Line them up, baby. Fire! French warfare. <laughs> so fantastic. Dude, imagine looking out your window. And you see this little spark coming down from a fuse. Then you look, you look a little closer. Maybe you have to get some binoculars. There's a yeah. goddamn cannon sitting on your neighbor's lawn. <laughs> Fire in the hole! <laughs> this is this a is a photo ball. of the confiscated cannon right here, and here's their Dude. property. <laughs> <clears throat> Could you imagine looking at that thing? Line up the artillery. What the <laughs> hell is going on? This dude's firing a cannon at me. Well, you know what? That's some good, wholesome fun right there. <laughs> I mean, if you're not living, you're dying, right? I get it, man. If you're not living, you're dying. <laughs> Chad, the question is, would you ever fire a cannon? Absolutely. So I, I, I probably would, too. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to fire it at somebody, per se, uh, but... You know, if I was at a sporting event, they had the cannon there. You score a touchdown. <clears throat> Light it up, baby. Fire away. I'm going to go off topic again. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Give me your take on this. I feel like part of the reason why some people are so anti-gun is because they don't truly understand a firearm. And I think that if you had people who maybe everyone was taught how to hunt for their own food right you you have this firearm and you see the impact that it has or you go to a range and you shoot down uh and you shoot some targets right mm -hmm. and you when you do things like that you start to understand what this thing in your hand does you start to understand that when that thing blows a bottle up rips a piece of paper into shreds can take down a deer, a moose, whatever else. You start to understand that that weapon in your hands can take a life. And it gives you a little more appreciation for what it is. That's why people who carry guns lawfully typically don't commit crimes. It comes from the people who don't lawfully carry a gun that commit crimes. Because they don't have a good grasp of what this weapon does. Until all of a sudden they take a life. Yeah, there's definitely a, a strong component of our general populace not really valuing life the way that uh, we should. In fact, uh, you know, uh, our producers letting us know that uh, it was actually nine years ago today that Sandy Hook <laughs> took place. Wow. Where that's in Connecticut, I learned. Yeah, but shout out to uh, Lonesome Lenny in chat for pointing that out, by the way. Yep. 
Nice. Wow. I mean, but, you know, on this topic, it, it kind of segues right into this topic where we're talking about the fact that, you know, there are, you know, that's, I, maybe, maybe Chad, maybe he stumbled upon something. Maybe, you know how you have a driver's license? Everybody has to have a driver's license in order to drive a car. And it's such a big part of it. Maybe we have something in our country where you, you have to go do, you know, tra- gun safety training. Yeah. Right. Like you have to, if you're, you're, you're 18 or whatever, you have to go do your, your training. You know, I think that might be good. Like everybody, and you know, might, might not have to go shoot a gun per se, but you might have to take a class on it so that there's some knowledge, a, a, a working knowledge of how those weapons work and how, uh, quite frankly, just how deadly they can be, you know, and create that respect. Like you got to have the dialogue. And of course, at the end of the day, we all know it's not the gun that fires itself. It's the person pulling the trigger. And so the core root of it is always, and it will always be a mental health <laughs> issue. How do we get to a place where somebody is willing to point a gun at another person and pull the trigger? Um, right. And we learned that eloquently. If you ever seen the movie, Happy Gilmore, one guy wearing, wearing the shirt that says guns don't kill people. I kill people. Right. I mean, not to make light of it, but. And I'll see you in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And the person Shooter. in chat uh, did continue on saying uh, that they are not anti-gun. Um, they're against unbalanced people having access to a weapon and killing as many people as they're able to. And they say gun safety training is reasonable. Hmm. I appreciate to- that. See, I totally agree. I totally isn't it crazy? Agree. Isn't it crazy when people are willing to learn and willing to think for themselves the difference it makes, right? Just let someone have, uh, I'm trying to think, what was the one thing that you mentioned about the gender neutral bathrooms, a solution to that? Do you remember? Yeah. Just make it unisex. (laughs) But yeah, I thought there was some, yeah, it was like, just make a third unisex. Yeah. Just make a third bathroom, right? You can have a men's room, a, 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 a female room, a women's room, and then you make a unisex. And so if you feel like you want to go use the unisex, well, God bless you. There you go. Right. It, it, it's funny. I couldn't remember that because that is literally the most simple answer. That's why they started doing family be bathrooms. Yeah. A complex question. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, a, I why is this such a complex question? Why is it, this such it a complex be. issue? And Just why, why are people bathroom. trying to, because people are trying to do, you know, the craziness, you know, and go into, the opposite gender's bathroom. Come on. Right. The, we don't need any of that. What is it? The penis individual going <laughs> oh, after a woman. We have now come full circle. So The penis individual. So let's get into my favorite part of the show. Chris's Corner. All right. Let's go. Got some good questions lined up for you. Yep. The, if you guys listen to this show, this is your first time listening to it, go back and listen to last week's episode. I think it was episode six. 61. This is when we're rolling out Chris's corner. This is good. Good stuff. So, well, self-proclaimed good stuff. We'll see if well, our audience I'm it. proclaiming it on your behalf cuz I didn't say it. You're the one that said it, you know. All right, let's do so, it. Let's go. My f- first question to you is you know what, Chris? And of course, just to explain this. We're, I'm kind of taking this from a leftist perspective of some of the questions they ask or the points that they pose is Chris Trump ruined our democracy 
Do you want that to happen again with him running in 2024? Yeah, like, come on, I, he ruined it. And by ruined it, you mean like created doubt and concern about the election process with mail-in voting and all the other stuff that happened in the last election. So uh, I'm pretty sure that wasn't Trump. And while uh, I can appreciate where you're coming from on the left, that you may or may not want Trump. Uh, in fact, you definitely don't want Trump. If you're on the left, you don't want that. And in fact, that's a, your worst nightmare, because if that happens, you know what's going to happen. You're going to be in a world of hurt. He's going to come down. He's going to use all the resources of everything in the government to come hunt everybody <laughs> down who's ever wronged him because he's a child. He's a man child. He's got an ego the size of Manhattan, and uh, he probably won't let it go. And everybody knows that's true. Everybody knows that the president is one of the greatest presidents of all time. He's going to be the greatest president that's ever happened. And he's going to run. He's going to get a second term. But, uh, you know, Chad, at the end of the day, if somebody says that Trump ruined democracy, I can assure you he more just highlighted the ruin that's coming because uh, it's pretty well noted that the left did whatever it took to ballot harvest to count votes. I mean, I'm never going to forget the videos that I saw of, you know, the ballots being uh, counted after everyone left the room in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, they had video of that. Nobody wants to talk about that stuff. Nobody wants to talk about what happened in Arizona. And hell, I live right here in Detroit. Like you went to bed, Trump's up by several hundred thousands of votes and then wake up in the morning and, oh, great. Now you lost. Really? Where did all those come from? Because I'm going to call BS on that. And I think that that's more what's ruining our democracy than anything else. The fact that nobody really has any full faith and trust in the election process. Mm. My second point here, Chris, is why is it so bad to include critical race theory in schools? I mean, this is just teaching history as it actually occurred. But that's not it. It's not teaching history. It's teaching people to segregate. It's literally the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish. And that's the problem I have with the CRT is they're, they're literally resegregating and saying we need all these things for ourselves. And, and I, I can't stand February. I cannot stand Black History Month. I'm all for history. But you know what? Why are we relegating that to one month? When did, when did Black people only get one month? Is that implying that White people get a lot, all the rest of the 11 months or we don't even have a month. Like, how about it just be our history? History is history and changing history or changing the narrative is a really unwise thing. And furthermore, you can't. How is it helping to create a narrative that this country is evil, racist and can never do any good? How is that going to make the world a better place? How even if you thought that was true, which it's not true, but even if you thought it was true, why would you continue on that narrative when the end result is you're getting your manifestation of a crappy place to live in? Why don't we just come together? Why don't we teach the historical uh, things that happened? You know, getting uh, the Constitution rolled out. Was it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But it's perfect for us. And it's the best damn country in the entire world, in the history of the world. So there you mm. go. Mm. All right. So let's the third one here. This has been great so far. <laughs> I'm is, on a roll. Yo, know, Chris, it's not 
men competing in women's sports. It's these people who believe that they're women and deep down they are women. What I mean, they should be able to compete in women's sports because they are women. Dude, and did you see this? I mean, <clears throat> oh, that's how I feel about how dumb this topic is. And like, you got male genes, DNA. You, oh, it's exasperating. Chad, I, I am exasperated at having to explain that the majority, the vast majority of men, males, can physically outperform women, specifically in sports. So why are we going to let a biological DNA proven male compete in a woman's event and then be shocked that they're like, oh, yeah, that was easy? Well, no kidding. What a shocker. You're a real hero. Can't compete with your own. So let's dumb it down a notch and go, uh, you know, with a, a lesser um, DNA structure. Not that women are less in, in any regard, because that's the thing. We can go back to the, the balance of men and women. We're created differently. That's a good thing. That is not a bad thing. That's a really damn good thing. Can you imagine if we were all the same? That would suck. That would be terrible. We love having the differences, but when we get into, it's like I always say, dude, Chad, and, and this was honest to God, this is one of the best things I've ever heard. And it ha I heard it this year. I'm 45 years old. I've gone through most of my life always kind of knowing this, but not being able to articulate it. And I heard it best because Tony Robbins is the one who said this. And I was sitting in a, in the fourth row in a, in a conference of his in Dallas, Texas this summer. And he said, the problem we have is that everybody wants to be equal and everybody claims that they're equal. And in God's eyes, we are equal, but we are not equal in the marketplace. Mm. And you know what a marketplace is? How about the NFL? That's a marketplace. How about the NHL? Marketplace, NBA, marketplace. You know, men and women, not created equal. Not created equal in the eyes of God. Not created equal in the marketplace. Sorry. That's a fact. Mm. So we got our last one here. And we've already talked about this a little bit. But Chris, don't you understand? The Build Back Better will help so many Americans. This is out there to help lives, people who are struggling, people who can't afford child care. That's what this is for. I agree 100%. So let's break down the entire Build Back Better uh, bill as its own individual and take it by its merits. Tell me, why do we have to put it all together in one? What are you trying to shortcut? Why don't we do line items? Why don't we say X amount for you know building back roads? Building infrastructure. I think everybody can get on board with that. I think you would be on board with that, wouldn't you? Because who who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to help families? So let's actually vote on the things that, uh, you know, let's vote on the things that matter. Fix the damn roads. Fix them. Let's earmark. Why, why do we have to put money in for the roads and also for the spotted owl? Like, get out of here with that. Nobody cares. 
do those line items. And I promise you, Chad, I promise you, like I would never promise anybody else, uh, you know, I'm telling you the truth. If you did line items of all the budgetary items and had everybody vote on them individually, a vast majority of it would pass with lots full support for all the stuff that matters and all their pet projects and all this other BS that's in there that they promise their individual constituents that they're going to work on. Ah, that would go to the wayside. Dude, that is that as we wrap up Chris's corner here, that is for real the best idea I've ever heard regarding a change in the government, because I don't think we need term limits uh, like in the Congress and stuff like that. I don't think that's necessary. That's why we vote every two years, four years on different things. But imagine if when those elections rolled around, you could view the public record because you can view the public record of how your representatives voted on certain bills. Mm-hmm. And then imagine every bill was broken down into the line items, right? It wasn't a bill. It was per line item. And you could see how they voted in favor of each line item. How it's, easy it's, would it be to spot out the fraud? It's almost 2022. <clears throat> You're going to tell me with the technology that we have and the way we can do things electronically, vote up and down. I mean, hell, we vote for American Idol. For the love of all that's holy, we can get the Senate to vote for each line item. So to get into some of this, so you, you mentioned technology, right? Mm-hmm. The, this is going to wrap wrap in so good. The USPS in 2019, we all know how great the USPS is. If you want your mail delivered on time, do not go USPS. Go first class mail. You can, you can literally send your mail, USPS, certified mail, get a tracking number, and it still gets lost. <laughs> so, that's how bad USPS is, right? And then you call them. And your package maybe should have been going to uh, Livonia, Michigan, and for somehow it's in Traverse City. And you're like, how did this happen? So the USPS in 2019, with the technology at our hands, secretly tested a mobile voting system that failed miserably. And it's now 2021. This happened in 2019. It it ended in 2019. It failed so hard. Two years later now, we're talking about it. Maybe more than two years later. And part of the data that came out with this was a Pew Research Center poll came out and said 46% of voters said they used absentee or mail-in ballots in the 2020 election. 46% of voters. Mm. Obviously that's, you know, they didn't pull everyone. But let's let's lower that number a little bit. 30%. Did Trump lose by 30% to Biden? No. So what is the margin of error that could be factored into this? <laughs> the margin of error. <laughs> But aren't those numbers pretty drastic? 46% of voters said they use absentee or mail-in ballots. That's almost half the people who voted. Said they million. voted by mail-in ballot. So essentially sort. essentially, most of the uh, Democratic vote was mail-in, is what <laughs> they're saying. 
Right. Very, very, very likely. But if we had this technology at our hands and it was built upon the block, the blockchain, which is genius, really, with the variable track tracking and things like that for it. Uh, but it failed because they thought there was too many holes in it. Hmm. They thought that somebody could fraud the system. Well, I mean, <laughs> doesn't that just make you think? <sighs> I think there's ways to authenticate, you know, like, come on, your Apple device can open up your, your phone and have a lock screen and it'll open up only on your scan <laughs> of your face. Right. And you're, and you have to be alive based on your eyes. So we, we can authenticate, you know, using that technology on a daily life. It's not like it's a super f- futuristic uh, movie feature. You're going to tell me that we can't get the Senate to, to have a voting or better yet, like the Senate has to show up and sit at their designated desk and they're going to do a, a vote. Okay, we're going to vote on this line item. Cast your vote right now. Boop. And everybody hits their vote. And then on the big board in front of the Congress, it has everybody's name and how they voted. How co- This is not complicated. Dude, could you imagine Pelosi standing up there? She'd be going wild about how uh, the chambers of Congress are not a game show, Chris. We can't be having buzzers and put this up. It's not a game show. We have to be professional in the chambers. I mean, she would be she would be going off on some, of course she something would. Of course stupid she would, because she doesn't want to be seen. <clears throat> but isn't it crazy that the USPS secretly tested a mobile voting system, which means they thought it could could be better. They thought they could improve upon the voting system. But then a government agency that is not known to be good at anything were the ones testing this. So can I can I interject something into the Wild. the voting on stuff in Congress or Senate or whatever? So oh, yeah. dude, here's give it to here's, us. here's my interesting thought, and I will say the one thing I disagree with you on, uh, Chad, is I don't think we should put what the members of Congress or House representatives or whatever. I don't think we should put their votes up there with a name. Here's why. Oh, and, that was me. You're disagreeing. Oh, with it was me. you? Okay, there you go. Yep. So here's the reason why I don't think we should do that. The reason being is, if you do that, you could start you could start seeing the effects of peer pressure voting. So if you could see, for example, if you have someone that you're trying to impress, a colleague of yours, for example, um. What you're going to start seeing is someone's going to look at that and be like, oh, well, you know, you voted like this, so now we can't work together or something like that. So I feel like that starts to introduce some kind of turbulence and um, rubbing. And again, I'm not saying people shouldn't. It's just it's one of those things that don't think it should be directly displayed. I think the voting should be anonymous in that sense. As, as long as it could be authenticated. But I mean, oh, voting is already a public record. It's there's already public record on how they vote on certain certain bills. So it's no it's no different. That's true too. That it currently the way it is done, and maybe that's to the point of attack helicopter right here. Right. Making like maybe that needs to change. Right. Right. So, so right. That and maybe maybe the, the biggest problem on. is maybe the biggest problem with it is just that there's there's that sort of again that peer pressure right and so if so, you go ahead yeah to your point about that though is 
the public record or the voting is a public record so that the constituents can know how they voted based on who they elected. So the peer pressure uh, in that case would actually come more from the constituents or it should versus their colleagues in the in the government. And if it comes from their colleagues in the government, it should help them to learn to have a discussion about which way they should vote and why. But I think we're at the, we're not at that point in the country right now. I think we're we're too much so at the point where there's too much divisiveness in political voting that I don't think that's something that is feasible right, right but now. It's, but it it's should be happening. It should, right, you're right. right, it is. But I feel like <laughs> we're not at the point where we as a country are able to have open discussions and debates about topics we agree with, disagree with, instead it just turns into a, oh, well, you vote oh, this way, sure. I hate you, so you're going to vote this way, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. And it's just this, it's this constant infighting for no reason. It makes no sense. At the end of the day, we're all, the reason we vote is we're trying to do what we think is best for the country. That's it. That is what everybody has the same common goal. We just may have a different route of getting there. And we can agree or disagree on the route we take to get there. I think that, you know, that's perfectly natural and a good thing. But the problem is, is that we start seeing all this, this fighting and this turmoil getting to that point that we're not at a healthy place as a nation to openly be showing off politics. But I think we should be, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. This should, well said. This should all oh, be man. a public forum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well said. <clears throat> so to get into the next topic here. Uh-oh, where's this guy going? I guess I'm rolling solo here for a second. If you're on the live stream. So Dan Crenshaw came out with an Instagram post. And it wasn't just the fact that Dan Crenshaw. This is all over the news. But what a great opportunity to see a national catastrophe occur with the tornadoes that happened in Kentucky, right? National catastrophe. And Joe Biden goes on the mic, a hot mic to chat about this stuff. And Joe Biden's talking about how tornadoes are getting worse because of climate change. It's, it's getting warmer. The severity of tornadoes, the severity of storms is getting worse. What a what a time. Part of the country is in a meltdown, right? Had a, a catastrophe. Hundreds of people reported dead. And your president is going to get on the mic and talk about climate change. When in fact, the facts are in stark contrast what he's referring to the number of uh what's the word traumatic or severe storms over the past like x amount of years has halved so this has nothing to do with climate change and the climate getting warmer so not only are you going to take an opportunity to make it political instead of helping to mourn the loss of lives of the people that you represent joe you're going to take the opportunity to make it political and spout lies. That is infuriating. Imagine, you know, think about what happened when those storms happened when Trump was president. What did he do? He went there. Boots, 
boots on the ground, shaking hands, donating money of his own fortune, I think, or his, you know, whoever runs his fortunes, donating money, supplies, helping out. He actually went there. He wasn't talking about how they need to turn it into some political thing. Mm. But orange man bad. It's just the travesty that any politician, <clears throat> whether they're on the left or the right, decides that they're going to leverage, uh, you know, any situation and turn it into a political agenda or a talking point when there's been a loss of life. It's just, it's really sad. And kind of to, you know, Matt's point earlier that we're just in a bad, we're in a bad spot as a country. We're, we're too divisive and, you know, people just kind of lost a little bit of compassion along the way, honestly, uh, for one another, for, for human life. And we mentioned that earlier that it's just, it's part of the problem. You know, it's part of the biggest problem we have. And you're right, Chad. There just there's no evidence uh, that Biden, Biden talking about that is just it's it's insane. I guess I'll just leave it there. It's insane. It, it, it just it's so crazy that every opportunity the Democrats get, they try to talk about politics and then they always turn it to uh, to different things like, well, yeah, I'm talking about this because it's not politics. It's about saving lives. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it has literally nothing to do with saving lives when it's not factually true. If climate change was so bad, why is the o why did the ozone layer repair itself? Right. Because remember back in 2000, right, in the late 90s, they were talking about the ozone layer depleting. And now science wins, wins again, true science wins again, and it's actually repaired itself. Isn't that amazing how the world works? Yet they were making that push for climate change back, you know, because Al Gore, who invented the Internet, was making those claims back in two, 2000. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the problem with the climate control uh, and the climate change argument is that uh, there's a lot of uncertainty you know, and we have a lot of data to suggest that <laughs> the climate doesn't change as fast as people think it's going to change. Uh, and I mean, from a marketing standpoint, they had, you know, first it was, you know, global, global warming. Well, global cooling. Then it was global warming. Then it's climate change because climate change can be both. It's, uh, it's going up and it's just different. Well, yeah, no kidding. The weather's different every damn yeah. day. You can't argue climate change. You can't because the that's climate does change. That's what they're getting into. Just I like mean, you can't, you can't argue uh, evolution when they refer to it in terms of microevolution. Uh, you know, like bacteria becoming resistant to certain yes. antibiotics. Correct. You it, can't it, it argue that. It evolves. You're and right. Like <laughs> that, they make claims like that for evolution and climate change all the time. Like that's such a great but point. There's always the jump, though. They always take, you know, the baseline that's, you know, uh, rooted in the truth and the reality. And then they make the jump. They try to tie it to another topic that's not tieable. Right. But, you know, but, global but warming, you know climate change, whatever. Dude, the real, the real re reason, uh, you know, that uh, I have a problem with everything. It's just 
both sides do it. Absolutely. You know, the Republicans, all they do is just hammer away on what the Democrats are doing. Right? That's all they do. Just provide your solutions. I kind of want to see a whole new change on a whole new landscape. I don't give a crap if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I don't care if you're independent. I don't care. I want to know what your solution is, and then I want to vote on it. <coughs> and if your solution sucks, I'm going to tell you why it sucks. Because did you, by the way, did you see what Elon Musk said about the Build Back Better? No. Like, oh yeah, the infrastructure, <coughs> and we're gonna we're gonna make all these you know electric charging stations. He's like, no, take that out, delete that. It was very abrupt, and like it was with a Wall Street Journal. He was doing an interview with the Wall Street Journal, and the interviewer, the journalist, had no idea what to say. She was like, "Oh, um, okay." He's like, "Yeah, delete that." <laughs> Do you think that's going to help? No. <laughs> it was awesome. That's so you great. Should, you know, maybe we'll bring it up in the next week's show. But uh, I'm telling you, man, it's it's chaos. But I would love to see people just focus on their <laughs> solutions. And let's let's argue the merits of your solutions as mm. opposed to arguing, uh, you know, what doesn't work, which is telling everybody else that they suck all the time. Yeah. And I want to bolster your point about some of that, too, because it's you're very true in what you said, where it, these things happen on the right. The best example I can think of is you see pundits on the right always say about stuff like this, like these people, these people hate your country they hate you they don't care about you they don't give a lick about anything about you and you're like yeah that's not true for that's not true <laughs> everyone who votes left right that's, that's not, true. not true i got lots of friends that are democrats that's not yeah. true what they're doing you may not agree with and it may come across to you like that i'm pretty sure i've said things like that i know i have uh but at the same point right it, it's not that they hate our country you're just very misguided in different ways from our viewpoint based on the facts. <laughs> uh, but I want to play this last video here. I think this is great. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet. Um, I, I did. Actually. Perfect. No. So this is a great topic, I think, for us to chat about. This is from Jordan Peterson, who I love Jordan Peterson. He's a psychologist. He's a Canadian. Uh, he gets into some really good philosophical things and always has really good reasons for backing them up. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Producer, if you have this video queued, let's let's roll this. I want to chat about this. I think this will be a good way to wrap wrap up the show. Once you make about $60,000 a year for your family, but let's say for you personally, additional income makes zero has zero impact on your quality of life. Zero. So why work 80 hours a week? Well, men will do it, some men, very few. A handful of hyper-competitive men who are obsessed with hitting the pinnacle of the given dominance hierarchy they're in will happily work 80 hours a week and they'll forego everything else, relationships, family, children, way in the second category. And so those men are often very difficult to live with, too, because they're so obsessed with their career. It's hard to have a relationship with them. And maybe they don't have much of a relationship with their kids, but they're damn good at what they do. And part of that is, is they're smart and disciplined, and they'll work nonstop all the time. It's like an obsession. And that's the sort of people who run things. Those are the people who run things. Once you make about $60,000... So he, 
he says a lot of good stuff there. And uh, I kind of want to dig into some of the things, you know, that he doesn't exactly say um, that, you know, can be misconstrued. And I would love to learn more about what he means by that quality of life changes. Right. And I assume it's, you know, has to do with hierarchies of meeting your basic needs. And after that, you can find fulfillment in different things in life whether you make over 60k or not he didn't say it was bad to make over 60k he just said it has zero impact overall on quality of life yeah right? i think he's working from a baseline of like existing sure. you know that uh, essentially at sixty thousand dollars you're able to do uh by and large uh a lot of what you want to do and so uh, you know north of that now you're just keeping score you know against the rest of the populace <coughs> So, you know, money, money equals choices, Chad, that's what it is. And the more money you have, the more choices you have mm. at 60,000, you have a decent array of choices that you can, uh, you know, have shelter, you can have clothing, you can eat food. Um, I think that's where he's kind of going. Right. And, and then, yeah, there is the competitiveness. And I think our capitalistic society uh, kind of lends itself to that, that, you know, we're rewarded uh, for for doing that and forsaking. But I also think that a lot of what we even started this podcast for was to talk about this very topic mm. on building the family <coughs> and pri prioritization. And uh, I think a lot of people who are never going to reach the pinnacle of their career. They're never going to be the guy. They're never going to be a Zuckerberg. They're never going to be an Elon Musk. They're never going to be a Donald Trump. They're just not. And But they chase that in the hopes of kind of wrapping their self-image into, I'm part of the pursuit. But it comes at quite a cost. And I think that cost is now showing itself that uh, we're seeing the results of the absence of you know the home unit yeah i mean what do you think you you know more choices does or more money does equal more choices at 60k can you go out and buy a boat or some jet skis most likely not but with that you know do you if you love to be on the water well then you have to make some more some more money right and there's nothing wrong with doing that i think one of the things that he doesn't say is finding a life that you don't have to work 80 hours a week you can work 40 hours a week and make how much ever money you want and if you if you bring to the marketplace like you said everyone's not they're equal in the eyes of god but they're not equal in the marketplace so if you figure out how to bring value to the marketplace you can work a life where you don't work 80 hours a week and you make more than 60k that can afford you more choices in life. There's ways to duplicate your time. And we're not going into showing the plan and a multi-level marketing scheme <laughs> here. Um, <clears throat> I use the right. word scheme hand and foot, you know, or whatever the phrase is, not to talk about illegal pyramid schemes or Ponzi schemes or anything crazy like that. But there is a lot more to it. And that baseline is 100% true. You know, and um, it is funny when you look at different people, like you mentioned, the Zuckerbergs, the Steve Jobs, the Bezos, 
those people get divorced, their kids hate them. And then, then all of a sudden when they become 50, 60 years old and have cancer and are about to die, they start to make all these amends with people in their life because it's just like the, the phrase that we always hear, right? No one was laying on their, on their death, deathbed saying, oh man, I just wish I had some more money. <laughs> no one says, says that, right? They say, I wish I had some more time. Yeah. And I think part of that is don't forego the pursuit of money at the expense of your family. Because when you chase those things, a lot of things can get lost in the way. Yeah, I think a lot of people have a miscon misconstrued <clears throat> view of what real wealth is. And I, I would argue that real wealth is the relationships that you have in your life, uh, your health. Yeah. I mean, we all know if you don't have your health, you literally don't have anything. <clears throat> yeah, you know, to your point, nobody's laying on their deathbed saying, oh, gosh, I, you know, I really wish I would have invested more. Uh, no, it's typically I wish I would have spent more time with fill in the blank, my family, my friends, create those memories, enjoy those times. And so I think uh, it's probably a great way to uh, just let you know, hey, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate both of you guys. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Appreciate you, Mr. Dayton. You've been on this really. Dude, you know what? I just it, kick it, lately. It, I like it, it. it is. I think I think it Nothing needs bad to happen more. Uh, it, and I actually <laughs> have been making calls every single day to, you know, different people and just letting them know that, you know, I appreciate them and I care about them because I think we need more of that. I think a mm -hmm. lot of people need more of that. If we were just a little bit more vocal with our true appreciation for the people that are in our lives, I think the world maybe can turn the corner and maybe we can get a little bit better. Yeah. So what if this, well, let's, the three of us, we'll start here. Mm -hmm. you, you're already doing it, but let's say next week, call five people and tell them, thank you. I appreciate you, what you do for me, what you've done for me. You know, give them an example. Tell them I love you. Yeah. Five times next week or throughout this next week. Hmm. Five times. I have to think of five people to do that to. That's my strategy. Like, oh, like, I don't have five people I'm going to call. <laughs> Honestly, that's my problem. Matt's like, I oh, can't man. call Cardano. I can't hey. call Ravencoin. Yeah. All these people, but I appreciate well, maybe, them. <laughs> maybe, I, you know, also, you don't have to call somebody. You can actually say something to like the, <clears throat> the Starbucks barista. Yeah. You know, or, uh, you know, the Amazon delivery person. I let the guy know that I was delivering packages today. Hey, man. Hang in there. Lots of craziness going on. Thanks for delivering all the packages. Appreciate the hustle. Yeah. And he was like, hey, yeah, thanks, man. Usually like, those guys really do appreciate that kind of stuff. They really do. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap, though, I wanted to circle back. I know we had uh, a couple people Whoa. watching on the Talk live stream. Patty. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> and I did tell our producer, like, he, he <clears throat> sent me some notes, or we saw these in the chat. I just wanted to – it's almost like the end of the show. We should do this. <clears throat> every week now like when we get like questions throughout and so that we can just compile them up and just be like hey we'll end this uh but one of the uh one of the questions was how big of an issue is trans people participating in sports and i would say uh how about the olympics uh because that just happened is the olympics important because that's opening up a pandora's box that quite frankly nobody wants to see but yeah, i think and so. it's not that it's a big issue now but it's the fact that it's an issue in different areas where like a male swimmer 
or a biological male swimmer was swimming with women. And it's the article from the person who wrote it uh, and the interviews that were taken were saying that the female com competitors were crying before they went because they knew they had no shot in, at winning. So if we continue to let this happen, it's just going to exacerbate he, the issue. He, him uh, tormented them <clears throat> by laughing going, that was easy. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting question. They had they had a couple others too. Um, they did mention they were talking about uh, in relation to the build that better program. Their concern is how the money is going to be delegated. And yeah, yeah, well, itemizing it is going to really highlight that delegation. Yeah, so. it's all itemized, and some of this stuff is wild. I mean, you really have to dig into it to look at like the salt, the salt tax. I mean, that's really uh, that's really a distribution of wealth. Is all that is. It's a lot of lot of smoke and mirrors. It's crazy. And then I think they had the. Bah, 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 bah. They were talking also about uh, Joe Biden, <clears throat> how he should have been more sincere rather than making the comment. And they said, however, he is a good man. Is their personal belief? Um, you know, again, I can't, I can't completely disagree with that. I, I don't think that personally humans are inherently evil. I think humans are inherently not perfect and make mistakes um but i think I mean, part of it is oh go ahead yeah I, I mean the facts are he's been in the government for over 40 years now and maybe him becoming president uh you know due to his mental health that no one really knows what's going on or not kind of put him in an awkward position uh but the fact is he's been in the government for 40 years and what has he done to actually help people Versus taking a government paycheck. Yeah. And then also mentioning catalytic converters and <clears throat> autos make a huge difference in air quality. <clears throat> Which I have to agree with that. I think that that, I mean, there, there's no there's no evidence to prove against that. I don't disagree with that. I think. Right. Uh, I'd like to see the numbers on what percentage that uh, vehicle exhaust is to the overall pollution. And uh, what are the facts of whether or not that really does make a difference? And if so, that's the case. Uh, why all this talk about climate change? I'll, t I'll just say this. If you if you were really <clears throat> if if as a country and as a body uh, of the United States of America, if we're truly concerned about the environment and uh, going to make that a top priority, then Quite frankly, we don't have a problem. We have a problem with China and we have a problem with mm. Asia. And you're going to have to crack down on those two countries if you want to really make a dent in what the real pollution is on the planet. Because those two countries are the biggest uh, you know, antagonists to the environment. It's not the United States. And we actually do a pretty good job here on our right. side the planet we we need to look to our friends to our neighbors uh and to the rest of the world and say hey be better and that be poses better. an interesting an interesting thought too is you know and again i'm not saying we should stop more climate positive action i'll use that term because i think that makes the most sense <clears throat> but you know i think that we have to be reasonable too because we can't you know if we believe in if there's a belief in general, just freedom to do what you want, then what gives like, or do we think we're still living in this age where we have the right as a country 
to start requiring other countries to follow the same policies and procedures we are and structure their governments the same way or do we let them continue on as they are now again i'm not saying i support the chinese government i'm not saying i that. mean yeah but, it just all goes back to the point of what are the actual facts of climate change and things like that and is it are they actually hurting us right climate change is not causing more severe storms it's actually been cut uh in half so why is this why is there still such a push for these things well i think it's multi-layered i don't think it's necessarily climate change is directly <laughs> a correlation to storms per se right but the, you could argue this is what like, uncle Joe you know, said you know, you, you know well you could <laughs> you could argue it's like the well is it rising <laughs> waters and things like that but you know, like if you're Barack Obama and you really believe that this is a problem, you probably don't buy an ocean coastal front property that's multi-million dollars. Right. Vineyard. But right. there's that. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Right. <laughs> we're just we're, we're just laying out the facts, just yeah. laying out the things that actually occur. I mean, so. that is a good point. If you're if you're concerned about rising sea levels, <laughs> you probably shouldn't buy an oceanfront property. Right. Yeah. But you're buying houses in the Hamptons. Yeah. Or in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. It's a bit it's a bit mm, weird, I'll say that. Not but, sure. It's what my, my eleven year old would call sus. That's <laughs> sus. That's sus. That's sus. Oh, it's but, so hey, weird. I definitely appreciate the questions, by the way. The questions that's awesome. Giving out different view viewpoints yeah. or just questions, period, right? Digging into it more. We all need to dig it. We all need to ask questions. Yeah, and have yeah. a conversation, have an open dialogue where you're not afraid of being ridiculed or criticized for your views. And at the end of the day, walk away from this conversation, walk away from any conversation, whether you agree or disagree, and just say, hey, you know what? I have a <coughs> respect for you as a human being. I may not agree with your view. I love you. But at the end of the day, we are all trying to get to the same goal of the betterment of society, the betterment of humanity, the betterment of this country, if we're talking specifically about homegrown politics and local politics. So... At the end of the day, we all need to be able to just, at the end of the day, love each other and respect each other's opinions, even if we disagree with them, because I think that's just vitally important. See, Stay in your lane, I'm, bro. I'm rubbing off on the two of you guys. Stay in your <laughs> lane, bro. <laughs> I love it. All right, I man. Love those great show. Commercials. That, those are so good. <clears throat> they got to bring them back for the playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> anyway, uh, great show, man. Great. Great show. I love the rant. I love you guys. I love Chris's corner. <laughs> and until next week, Commander Walls, go under Chris. his eye. Peace under his eye. You. Peace be with you. Peace be with you.